The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. The reflection I had um, mentioned earlier. So, I guess I'm lucky in a way that as I um, was asked to um, co-facilitate the Dharma practice day, I got to do the portion on letting go. And I realized as I want to share, I guess, um, my understanding of what letting go is, I realized I don't think I really understand very well (laughs) what letting go is. I had my my thought I did, (laughs) but it was a useful reflection for me because I realized I'm still pretty attached to um, thinking I'm doing the letting go. And I think when I got to meet with um, my co-facilitators, we all discovered we're still do we're still pretty active in the doing of the letting go thing. So I wanted to see what it was that's actually happening. So um, paid closer attention to, and I guess it's the value of when you have to speak about something, you pay closer attention to it. And it came to me. Um, well, let's then let's take a look at the at what we're letting go of, which is most of the time clinging or attachment. And I realized um, that um, I still want to, like, just throw away (laughs) clinging and attachment. (laughs) Really, like, just want to say, oh, I got rid of that. And I hear that a lot. Oh, I let go of that. I, you know, got rid of that. And now I'm a lot more skeptical when I hear that. "Mm Hmm, let's see. (laughs) How did that happen? So what do we do when we take a look at clinging or craving, and I realized that a lot of the times um, we're not seeing a lot of it. Can we be okay with what we see, um, what we identify as clinging or craving? Um, And how do we identify clinging or craving? So I realized for me, I remembered quite clearly... um, in one of the retreats I was sitting, I was, they were suggesting that I practice an eating meditation, which is eating slowly, chewing, putting down your fork in between meals. And I, I looked at her and I said, there's no way, no way I'm going to put down my fork. I'm going to eat the way I want to eat. Um, and I looked, would look around the room and everybody was doing these slow. I was like, what's wrong with them? And <laughs> I had all manner of judgments and ideas and wondering where I was. Um, and um, the day after, the, right after she had suggested I do that, and I said, all right, rather than be so stubborn, let's take a look at this. And I realized I had firm ideas of, you know, how people should eat and how I want to eat, and I was fueling myself and creating all this energy in my body, and I looked over and I realized I had a death grip on my fork. <laughs> And I, and I shared that with her afterwards. Like, oh, there's a, there's a reason. It's called a death grip. <laughs> it really killed the thing that you're, you know, as you hold on to it, kills it, you know? And I said, well, what's it like to put it down? I actually put it down. And I got to see the level of my attachment to my beliefs and what I wanted or how I thought things should be over something as silly as eating. It didn't really matter, you know, what it was. But as I put it down, I realized oh, that was really valuable for me. I really got to see the letting go happen because I got to really see how much I was clinging to it and how unpleasant it was to sit there and and be judging everybody in the room (laughs) and um, to see 
the energy in my body, you know, the fuel that I was getting from it and the, how attached I was to being right, you know. So there was um, the felt sense. It was in the body that I really got to see the level of clinging. So I realized the intense clingings are easier to see if we're willing to see them. They really have some way of manifesting in the body. The um, breath might change. The contraction's pretty evident somewhere in the body. Like, for me, it was that death grip on the fork. And I realized clearly, oh, if I'm holding on so tightly to how I want to eat or how I think people should eat, I realized I'm holding on to a lot of things with this death grip. <laughs> and it really kind of um, had made it a felt experience for me. So I wanted to offer that um, when I say reflect on or see our attitudes towards clinging and craving and get to know it better, um, it's really valuable or useful to come into the body. The way of understanding that is in a felt way, in a, in a felt experience. And it allows the uh, insights or the, um, understandings to it to come up. So rather than um, thinking it through or understanding it by rationalizing it or um, the methods we usually use to see if we can... Um, come into the body when we walk, even do our walking meditation, how attached we are, how attached we can be to how we're walking or what the, you know, what we want out of the walking meditation or what we want, you know, when we sit um, out of this um, practice. So I find it useful to use those examples because we're sitting in a half day. It's, um, it's the perfect place to see um, our attachments and clingings to practice because that's what we're doing. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Maybe some tools in recognizing or aware, being becoming aware of how we cling, when we cling, and what's happening in the body when we're clinging. To also not be so quick to um, want to get rid of it, because it may not be pleasant. There might be some grappling. It might be difficult. But it's, I think it's through that experience we really get to see that second noble truth. You know, the second noble truth is is shared with us. So um, I had the misunderstanding. Oh, okay, so then let's just let go of all clinging and craving. <laughs> um, it's really to see more clearly how that manifests for each of us, you know. Um, and it's in that discovery process of the clinging, I find, and the craving that the letting go can happen. So... Um, I found it also useful to maybe take a look at things that we're wanting to let go of, you know? So um, I'd like to word it in these ways that might be useful, is what can be let go of, you know? So we might um, might come up that, you know, for me it was a lot of um, material things in the beginning, and on deeper and deeper levels I realized there were so many attachments and clinging to... Um, being right and being perceived as right, <laughs> you know, and what it was like to to see, oh my, what it's like if I can sus- suspend that for temporarily even, you know, because um, I realized I valued so much when I could be in the presence of people who could admit to being wrong or can be honest with... Um, not doing things right all the time, you know. I found that tremendously... That took a lot of courage in my eyes because 
I fiercely guarded that. I couldn't admit to being wrong most of the time. And I realized how that was strangling the life out of me. It was in the seeing clearly how I was so attached to those beliefs that I realized I was strangling all the ways that I wanted to be just who I was. It was, it was just being squashed and stifled and suffocated because I, I was clinging so dearly to <laughs> the notion that if I'm, if I'm not right, what what? <laughs> You know, what my perception of me I thought was going to completely crumble or um, I wouldn't know who I was. So it took quite some time um, to sit with that, as unpleasant as that was to see that. It was also quite, um, I felt, um, important and valuable for me because it was the way towards being free of that. If I hadn't seen it, like most of my life I hadn't seen it, I just thought it was the truth, the way things were, then um, it didn't even give me the option to see where I could maybe, lo- that, gr- that grip could be loosened. So um, I found it valuable. What could be let go of, what can be let go of, that process of even playing with the ideas, you know, um, and sitting with, um, allowed the deeper beliefs to come up and and then um, it's not like they're I have to say it's not like they're gone <laughs> I had to make peace with that they keep coming up, they keep coming up but I, I, I see them more clearly I, I um, can be more um, friendly with them and um, I can hold them I can, when I see them, I can hold them a little bit, which is probably what I was getting to, is can we not be in such a rush to let go of those things? It's in the understanding of them and the um, knowing them more deeply that the deeper letting go happens. So I have to say that... Um, um, it's not easy because I have all manner of ideas of what it's like, what a teacher should be like and what they should be able to share, you know, and it comes with the weight every time I have to come up here. <laughs> it's a process. There's a weight. And, and I see a little bit more clearly each time, oh, I have all these ideas what a teacher should be and I take those on and it's a it's burden and it's a weight and I can and it's in that I can actually learn to be a little more free of that and access the the parts of being up here that are quite beautiful is that there's a deep amount of care respect for the teachings and care in how they're shared that um, that I can tap into because that's really a deeper place of of um, practice for me and 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 maybe that's oh, I'm not sure I think I've got lost a little bit in there <laughs> but I wanted to share that um, for each person out there um to take time with that process. It's, it might be valuable to sit a little bit more 
um, patiently and become a little bit more intimate to the places of clinging and, and, and craving um, so that um, what we describe as right knowledge, the direct experience of suffering and freedom from suffering can really have a chance to um, be cultivated. And, and in that, I, I say there's so much beauty and peace that can come from that process. So um, I guess this is my pitch towards uh, <laughs> patience and um, being okay when there are things that aren't ready to be, to be re- ready to be let go of. Can we be okay with that? There might be value in, in um, exploring those things a little more deeply. So thank you for listening. I hope some of that was helpful.